Warning, the podcast you are about to listen to is explicit. We are here to talk about our lives, the great times, the messy times, but let's be honest, we learn from those messy times. Content may be triggering as we explore together our lives, spirituality, trauma, recovery, and growth. Welcome to Stumbling Through Enlightenment. I'm Jason. And I'm Edward. Every day we are working through our shit, and today we invite you to work through some of yours with us. Let me give you a quick rundown on what we're going to do in today's episode. The first part of the episode is where Ed and I talk about what's going on in our day-to-day lives and where you'll be able to hear how we support each other's growth. During the second portion, Ed and I will have a deep dive discussion topic ranging from self-awareness, metaphysics, mental health, personal discovery, and much more. Jason, how are things going? They're going really well. I had a, uh, I've had a really cool experience. Yeah. Um, I have never. I'm an animal person. I love animals. Yeah. I've never related well to reptiles. Okay. Right. So I think I've been afraid of them. Okay. And I don't really know why I've been afraid of them. Cause like you know, like I used to catch lizards when I was a kid. Right. You know, and frogs and you know what i mean little toads like i'm not afraid of those really but i'm scared to death of snakes okay so i decided that i was going to get a snake so i have a snake okay i have my the biggest eyes right now because i know about your phobia i am i'm scared to death of snakes wow okay scared to death of snakes so i got this this two month old baby corn snake okay i have um God, I spent a month just researching, just, like, learning, you know, like, how to tell when they're happy, how to tell when they're not happy, how to keep from getting bit, how to, like, you know, how to touch them, how to hold them, how to, how to carry them, how to get them used to hands and people and all of that kind of stuff. And so I've been doing all this research, and I told Jessica, I was like... I think I want to get a snake. And she likes snakes. Right. So she was all for it. The kids, at least two of them, have always wanted one. So they were all for it. So it was really just me that was right. like, yeah, <laughs> I was standing I'm in the way of snake sure I want to do this. Right. Um, so I went out. I Fortunately, I couldn't find one anywhere. Okay. So I had even more time. Right. And... It was getting to that point where I could feel myself bailing. Right. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, could, like you're, it's I taken so long. It. You're like, I, I, I don't, yeah. I don't have the motivation anymore. Yeah. 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 I'm like, I, am I stuck in researching here or, you know, where? So, so I decided I was going to go buy a snake. Okay. So I went and I got this cool terrarium thing that was like a kit. You know, so it had pretty much everything you needed. I had to buy some substrate. But other than that, it had pretty much everything you needed. Um, So I bought the kit. And then I went, I don't know, 10 different places and found a snake. Okay. Because I wanted a corn snake. I didn't want any other kind of snake. Corn snakes are 
the easiest and most docile snake available for purchase. I didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. They like um like boas. Yeah. Are also incredibly easy. Um or no. Ball pythons. I was gonna are add also that, yeah. incredibly easy. Um except for the fact that they have issues with eating. So Oh. Sometimes they will refuse food for long periods of time or like sometimes they have issues with right. eating. They have to be comfortable to eat and they can die because of that. Um so I didn't want one of those and I didn't want anything that was gonna be really big. You know, a corn snake is gonna be between um they say between four and six feet. They're yep. usually four feet is usually pretty where they end up. Um and they eat like anything you know what i mean they they are very um they're not very picky eaters at all oh good okay yeah so that's been interesting you know learning how to go out and purchase these things that they call pinkies yep which are baby mice yep that don't have any fur yet yep um you know and you got to defrost them and there's like this whole process but yeah he he's eating two of them okay like his, a day. His names are Mr. Snake, Jake the Snake, The Snake, uh, Eon, and... Eon? Eon. <laughs> and there's another one. Like, we all just call him different things because we don't know if it's a him or if it's a her or what it is. Right. So so like, what's your name for, for the snake? Uh, I usually either call it Jake the Snake or yeah. the Snake. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> As, collectively, they decided to name it Eon. But nobody has called it that yet. Okay. <laughs> Everybody just calls it, you know, their own words. Like, yeah, yeah. That's I, funny. I think Jake the Snake's funny. So yeah, I call absolutely. it Jake sometimes. But. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, uh, Jessica hates that. So she's the one that wanted a, a more, you know, concrete name. But <laughs> we came, like, you know, they voted on it. They came up with one. And, and now nobody none of us really it. like it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So. <laughs> So yeah, it's been really, really interesting. I have held it several times now. Yeah. Um, because one of the things that they talk about there, you know, it's it's like it's kind of like the chickens. You know, everybody has their own idea of how you should do whatever with them. Right. You know, but they all work for the most part. And it's like that with snakes. You know, some people say, don't touch them, touch them all the time, let them sit for a while, don't, you know, like... It, yeah. Some people say, like, when we first got it, you know, it had to sit for up to a month before anybody touched it. Like, just to come, you know, become accustomed to the tank and everything. Okay. I, I guess I can see how that can make sense. But other people are like, I held it the first day for, like, three hours. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's it really goes back and forth. So I found this method that has worked for me. So I feed him i keep calling him a him i don't know what it is i feed him every five days okay so the day excuse me the day before i feed him i'll touch him the day i feed him i won't touch him and the day after i feed him i won't touch him okay and then i'll handle him again but i handle him for like 15 minutes at a time usually once or twice a day and then i put him back so it's a good kind of introduction for me Right. And for the snake, although the snake has never even remotely been aggressive, it's never like hissed or rattled its tail, which 
I thought was interesting. Do you know all snakes rattle their tails? I didn't. I yeah. didn't know that. That's really? Yeah, rattlesnakes just happen to have something in it that makes noise. Okay, but so all other, they, they, they'll twitch their tail like the... Just like the rattlesnake. Oh, yeah. cool. I didn't yeah. know that. Oh. Yeah, that's how they, that's one of the ways that they show that they're they're not comfortable or that they're scared. Okay. Um, And then the S formation yeah. that you always get shown as like they're striking white. They do that constantly. They also do it to strike, but they do that S formation pretty regularly without intending to strike. Right. That I kind of so knew. So it doesn't was just have a... anything to do with striking. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of cool to find that out. Um, I got to meet this guy uh, who's like all into reptiles. And that was fascinating because he had like, I don't know, six different options for food. So, like, yeah, and it was gross. I mean, he's pulling them out of this freezer, and there's, like, you know, I got mice, I got rat babies, I got pinkies, I got fuzzies, which are, like, kind of babies but have gotten a little bit of hair. Right. It's, yeah, yeah, it's weird. It's weird. So, so yeah, I, I have found that it's a lot less intimidating than I expected it to be. Good. I don't know if the research helped with that or not, but as far as like working with it, I'm really doing a lot of just that desensitizing stuff. Yeah. You know, of like the first time I ever held him, like I felt so bad because my hands were shaking so much, yep. you know, and they still shake a little bit when I hold him, you know, but it's, it's gotten better. You know, it's gotten easier. So do you like, do you hold him only in your hands? Do you, do you let him like, like slither around you at all or like so you just kind of cupped your hands i did yeah well because yeah you had that was that was what you had showed but yeah yeah so i don't i don't hold him like in a cup okay i hold him with an open hand okay and then he kind of crawls in between my fingers okay or he'll go out and try to like sniff stuff and he'll get on my shirt yeah but i never let him out of my hands only okay. because he's so small Okay. When he gets bigger, I would definitely. Oh. But because he's so small, I'm afraid of him like falling, which he's done a couple of times. Like, you know, he'll he'll try to for instance, he'll try to like go from my hand to my shirt. Yeah. And yeah. he'll go a little bit further than he can really hold himself and he just kind of flaps. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. So He's cute. I was just going to ask you: Have you have you gotten to the point where like where he's cute? cute? Okay, he's cute because he's he's learning their body language ahead of time. Yeah, helped me so much connect with him. Okay, like because now I understand what he's doing, you know, and how he feels about it. Like sometimes he'll just kind of lay in my hand, and that's like a really really good sign, you know, not like in my palm, like curled up, right. you know, just kind of like drape himself on my fingers and not really move a lot. Yeah. And that means that he feels really comfortable. Yeah. And then, you know, when he's moving a lot, but his tongue's going kind of like at an even level, that means he's curious. Okay. So like you learn these different things about their body language that prior to this, I had no clue. You right. know what I mean? I just thought a snake was this long rope looking thing. Yeah. That bit right. and killed people. You know what I mean? <laughs> a nope rope, I believe, is what they call right, it. Yeah, right? Right. yeah. <laughs> and I have no idea where that fear of snakes comes from. I was just going to ask. I was yeah. Like, what... yeah, I have no idea. I have no idea. There were not a lot of um, 
like where I grew up, there were there were poisonous snakes. Yeah. But not. I think I may have only seen a snake, maybe one that I can remember as a little kid. Yeah. And it was a garter snake. You know? Right, which is not not deadly. Yeah. At all. No, no. <laughs> yeah. But there were. Um, I I lived in a fairly coastal area, mm-hmm. and in a lot of those areas, there were like kind of they called them bulkheads, but they were kind of like boulder walls. Yes. Yeah. And you always had to be really careful in those because there were copperheads. Oh. Okay. In those. Yeah. Yeah. So I think there was always like a background fear yep. of the copperheads. That's all I can guess. That's all I can guess. Because I, other than that, it just didn't resonate. It hasn't resonated. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. But I've known a couple of people that have snakes and they love them and they look really fun to have. You know what I right, mean? Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Yeah. If this goes well. I might get a big one. I don't know. Okay. You know, you know how I am. Like, I do. Yeah, exactly. If, if one's good, ten are better. You know? <laughs> right? <laughs> that good addict behavior. Right. My friend at work, uh, the, the guy that I work with regularly, like he is a reptilian junkie. That's what I... Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. He oh, cool. loves, loves reptiles. Um, he And he'll go through phases. Like there was a phase I couldn't shut him up about ball pythons. You know what I mean? Like, and, yeah. And all of the different... You know, color variations and well, ball pythons. There are an incredible yeah. amount of different. And basically, you name it, you can find it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like we were talking about how that breeding was. Like, I mean, he gets really into it. So, like, he knows all of this. Stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. People so, that are into that. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah. Ironically, they, there's a lot to it. Ironically, he doesn't own any reptiles at all. That's not that. You know, that's not surprising at all. To in, me. In, I mean, it, look at. That kind of person reminds yeah. me of you. Oh, fair enough. You know what I mean? Like, you can have this huge base knowledge of something yeah. that you've never done. That you've never done. Yeah, right. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. I, I'm i not like that. Right. No, like, you, you want the I don't, snake. I don't <laughs> do a lot of learning about things that don't apply directly to me. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but, but yeah. Yeah. Well, cool. Cool. Yeah. That's awesome. You know what just popped into my head because we were talking about that was your sandbag houses. Right. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Because you knew everything about those. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I just have to have a piece of property to make a sandbag house, you know. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) It's not like I can just go out and buy a sandbag house or, you know, like you can go out and buy a snake, you know. Yeah. But. Yeah, you'd have to buy the bags and the sand. And the sand. Yeah. The rebar. Everything. All of that. It's a lot. (laughs) (laughs) So. <laughs> <laughs> it's just nice to know about it i'm better knowing about it than yeah. you know whatever but yeah. well i'm i'm excited to meet meet jake the snake at some point in time right you know right i am also not a big snake person so i don't know i'm not like scared of them but yeah. like i'm not like no i'm i'm i was i am yeah i, I know you are i'm scared of them yeah, yeah. Except for Jake. Jake has a special he's place. He's very in your friendly. Heart. That's he's awesome. He's very friendly and he's very curious. Nice. Yeah. Very nice. It's time to strap in for this week's deep dive. So today I thought we would talk about um, how to deal with, with anger after an abusive situation. Okay. Specifically specifically around like so i i'm dealing with this now where you know we we talk about my mother's stuff and and i am you know working through 
working through my feelings as I was when I was a child. But as an adult, I'm fucking pissed. Yeah. And so I was talking to my therapist about it. And one of the things that he said is that a lot of uh, psychologists and clinicians right now are, are moving away from any sort of like anger management piece or any any expression of anger because it just makes a person feel more angry. Okay. So, and I thought that was very odd, but I know that I've been through some processes and thought yeah. it would be cool a cool idea to talk about because I know you've also been through some processes to, to work through some of that anger. Yeah, and I just to orient a little bit, I I think I think anger is psychologically when they talk about anger, they're talking about an energy that can be used to perpetuate growth. Right. Right. And I'm so angry about this, I decide to make a change. Yeah. You know, or or that kind of a thing. Being angry for the sake of being angry does perpetuate more anger. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. But I, w- I would hope that they wouldn't avoid that healthy anger. Well, you know, you I, mean? know I think, truthfully, I think that there there is some... Because I kind of looked into it a little bit. I think that there is some... Um, I, I don't I think that they're grouping anger as as a whole yeah. together as opposed to like you said that healthy anger versus that not healthy anger. Yeah. Huh. You know, because it is easy to get stuck in anger. You know, I've been stuck angry with my mother and frustrated with my life and pieces of it and angry for quite some time, but not knowing what to do with that anger. Yeah. And and except for to just continually seethe and and you know right. express yeah, it you're to not my mother. It out anyway. Right, exactly. So um I know that there have been stopgap measures for myself that that have worked for small periods of time, but yeah. then not being able to continue things like um, I remember when I was younger, I would run. I yeah. would run a lot. Um, I also remember running specifically to get rid of anger. And that was that was probably one of the hardest physical tasks I'd ever done. Was be, And then also emotionally, too, trying to remain angry while I'm running all out for this period of time, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, was was really really difficult you know especially once the physical my physical uh energy started to ebb yeah so then too did the anger but in order to keep in order to get to where i needed to be and wanted to be i needed to go back to being angry so that i could continue yeah um and that was probably one of the the, the hardest physical things uh one of the th- the th- other things that I've done, and I think you've done the same thing because I think you did a similar process, was uh, specifically because I was angry with my mother at the time, but uh, creating like a, not like an effigy, but like, you know, like... A bashing. A bashing, yes. Yeah, so like yeah, you, it's, you know. yeah, it's a bashing process where you create something you can hit hard and yeah. you get out all that that stuff as if that person were the you know the were the person that you're hitting yeah yeah or yeah the bag of clothes that you're hitting yeah yeah i mean you're so uh, one of the things that that you're really hinting at is it when anger is anger is an action emotion yeah it's a very physical it's incredibly physical so the best way to process anger is actually to experience it while simultaneously doing an exercise that is exhausting. Mm-hmm. Like you're running, right? 
I was really angry about some stuff related to my trauma and my grandmother came to stay with us and it triggered all kinds of shit and I had to get it out somewhere so I hand dug and built a retaining wall. You, you've mentioned that one, yeah. You know, absolutely. I mean, that was a lot of fucking work. Yep. And exhausting every day. But I was out there every day feeling that anger as I'm doing the digging, as I'm doing the hammering, as I'm doing the, you know, whatever. I'm feeling that. And if I feel it at the same time as exhausting myself, mm-hmm. that's how you release it. When it keeps coming up, that is just like, it, you know, it's like anything we talk about. It's just a deeper level of it. Yeah. But the practice of releasing it oftentimes is very similar. And if you're not doing that releasing piece, then the anger is just festering, you know, and whether that's releasing a relationship, whether it's releasing, you know, physical anger in your body by exhausting yourself or, you know, just a a release of a behavior, you know, like I've done this for so fucking long, I'm ready to be done doing it. Yeah. So release is really what you're gaining out of anger if you're utilizing it appropriately. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I know that the release always fine. You know, we're talking about releases and and, and I do enjoy the release. Um, But one of the things that I was surprised at and still have been, um, and and you were kind of talking about it. So like we have you know, some of the things that we do, like the running and so on and so forth, yeah. is a great anger management tool. It's a great way to keep anger in check, you know, like yeah. from, from building up too much and whatnot. Yeah, regular releases. But it's not, well, and that's it. It's it's regular releases. It's 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 a maintenance thing to keep it going, but it, it will not, um, it will not work with the underlying issue necessarily. No. 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 So what do you... But what anger... Isn't intended to support the underlying issue. No, no, it's 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 to show it there and then to and to and to create change. To prompt action. Yes, Correct. Yeah. right. So uh, one of the things, one of the one of the pieces of this that 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 I needed to do for myself was, you know, when I was dealing with my the the stuff with my mother specifically right now, um, is I'm angry as an adult, yeah. and I I oftentimes forget that that anger is has an underlying emotional piece that goes along with it yeah because i was not angry as a child i mean i was angry as a child but i wasn't angry as a child it didn't start out as anger as a child you know it moved into anger quite uh quite early on but before that there was that hurt you know and so I think that a lot of people find themselves like I found myself in this cycle of I get angry, I express the anger, you know, I, I release the anger, but I, I'm, I'm still right there being angry again very shortly thereafter because I haven't worked on the, on the pieces underneath. Right. So right. that is another the piece. hurt part. Yeah, that hurt yeah. part. And that is another piece that is that is important to, to, to know is Absolutely. that, you know, um, dealing with that physical piece of the anger is a great way to to start and to give yourself the opportunity and to open up a space where you can do the work. 
underneath of healing the wounded child of, of yeah that, you can't you know. deal with the hurt if you haven't addressed the anger that's over top of it right you know it's kind of like taking the the top off of a bottle of soda that you're gonna drink you know right that top is the anger you know that that ability to twist and pull and you know <laughs> that's the anger but yeah you've got your actual drink is something totally different and it always will be yeah it always will be anger is meant they you know they connect anger with fire for a reason anger is meant to burn hot and quick yeah you know and if you don't keep feeding a fire it goes out and that's the point of the exercise typically is to burn that fire so hot that it goes out that much quicker Mm -hmm. so we talked about running yeah yeah physical exercise in general yeah physical, so physical anything, exercise in general if you're somebody that is you know handicapped and you have a hard time getting around and getting from you know your your walker to the tub you know you get out of breath every time mm-hmm. from your way to the walker to the tub think about angry things you know what i mean it doesn't have to be running it doesn't have to be you know um building a wall you know it can be as simple as whatever exhausts you physically so you do that at your own level okay you know you want to meet yourself where you're at and exhaustion is the goal right so if exhaustion for you is walking across the room then that's all you got to do you know and just think about the anger yeah and that's the important part is you got to do both at the same time you can't just do physical things you have to be in that anger you have to be thinking about all the horrible things and that you know like everything that that anger represents this is the time to jump into it to express it to release it think about it to be in it to you know all of that stuff and then when you get to that exhausted point it has burnt out and that's what you're doing that that's the maintenance that you're doing you know it's like you have a burn pile you go out every couple of weeks and you throw some gas on it you burn it for half an hour and it's gone you know versus a bonfire you're gonna put more wood on it and try to get it to last a longer time because you want it to be there for a while right? right that's not anger we don't want anger to be the bonfire right we want anger to be the the cardboard fire you know the the quick burn yep. and out and using your body to help that happen faster is really just a trick you know you can do the work without the exhaustion but it's that much harder you have to then emotionally exhaust yourself right which is so it's just such a different process and way more destructive in yeah. a lot of ways yeah so one of the other things that I've, I I wanted to mention is, and, and this is hard, it was hard for me, um, and I know that it's hard for a lot of other people that <laughs> that have gone through some sort of trauma, specifically, yeah. you know, abuses, anger is okay. Yeah. Anger is okay. And I have come across so many people that are like, and, and, the, and they'll even like give references, classical, psychological, or oh, whatever yeah. references. There's like, all kinds of anti-anger stuff out there. You know, no, where anger is not okay. And, and it is important to realize that it is okay for you to be angry. It is okay for you to express your anger. It's functional. And it's it, healthy. It, it's healthy. And that yeah. really is important. It's not necessarily healthy to sit there and fume for like, you know, that's yeah. not healthy. But it is healthy to, to have an expression of anger and to become angry, you know. 
It brings up the the situation that I had talked about a while ago at work. Yeah. Right? Like, this coworker did something to me that hurt. That hurt became anger. That anger was used to call that person out on it and to stand up for myself, right? But then the anger went away because I had done that. Mm -hmm. And then it was just kind of sadness. And then I had to do that work to not have the sadness or else the anger would have come right back. Right. Right? Because I would have just, it would be easier to be angry than it is to be sad. Oh, much. But I used, in that situation, I used the anger to remind myself that I didn't deserve what had happened. Mm -hmm. So for me, it was very easy after a certain amount of time to just be like, you know, that that didn't happen. We'll just act like everything is normal, whatever, right? That would be easier. But I knew that I didn't want to do that. With this, it was a safe situation. I very rarely ever do it. And I wanted to work on it. So I allowed myself to keep in that place of being the one who had gotten hurt and to respond that way. And it feels so much cleaner than anything else I've done. Really? To be able to say, yes, this person hurt me. I'm not going to continue to give them things to hurt me with. Yeah. And not as a nah, 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 you know, like, I'm not, it's not an acting out way. It's it's a legitimate decision and choice. And the power that comes from that has been incredible. I mean, just to feel comfortable in the presence of this person, even though you know that they don't feel comfortable in the presence of you. Yeah. You know, but if you really believe that, you were the victim in that situation or you were the one that had been wronged in that situation, it makes sense that that other person would feel uncomfortable. So that starts to come into it. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like, if I do something wrong, I'm going to feel shitty about it. Right. But the person I did that wrong to is not responsible for my feeling shitty. Right. Right? And that's, that's where that work was able to happen. And... It's been great for me. I mean, it's it's made work a lot more permanent in a lot of ways. Um, it's made my ability to be true to myself in that environment much clearer. Mm-hmm. You know, there are so many things about the type of work that I do where you have to put your stuff aside. And I think over time, putting your stuff aside becomes that becomes a behavior it does absolutely yeah and i think for me recognizing that in this situation i was with a co-worker i don't have i don't have a reason that i need to put it aside right like i can feel through this one and i did and it worked yeah you know and it it, it worked great it worked for you which is what's important with right it worked for me There are people who are still pissed about the fact that I didn't say, oh, it's okay. But they're going to be pissed. You know, that's that's their work to do. If they feel that bad about me being hurt by what they did, that isn't my job to fix or to be part of. 
really and this is an adult adult situation this happens i mean this is this is how i was taught not to be angry like that, that anger yeah. you know this is this is part of what was done to me so that i wouldn't oh well you know now you're making me feel uncomfortable because you're angry right well you should feel uncomfortable you just did this to me right right that's why i'm angry <laughs> right uh it reminds me of a of a meme i i saw at one point in time where um you know, where, where a parent supposedly, you know, is looking at a child and says, you know, how can I trust you if you lie to me? And and from the child's point of view, the child is sitting there going, well, I'm lying to you because you've shown me I can't trust you, you know? Yeah. And it really does end up being that way when you're in a child parent, you yeah. know, child adult situation where, you know, they've done something that has hurt you. You respond in anger, yeah. you know, or crying and then anger because yeah. you're not feeling heard. And the parent will still put it on you. You know, this yeah. is this this is your gaslighting. Yeah, I mean you know. institutions too. I mm. mean my oh, yeah. my my wife and I were talking about my youngest the other day. Mm-hmm. And he had he was refusing to do work. And okay. he had gotten a lot better in school. And so what Jessica was talking about is, you know, like why does he refuse to do work sometimes? And I looked at her and I said she said, is that normal? And I said, well, what do people in our society do, you know, when underprivileged people have to fight a power when they don't feel that that power is validating or recognizing them? Yeah. What do they do? They strike. They strike. It, yeah, perfect said, example. he's doing something an adult would do. <laughs> right. You know, like, and, and that's the way that I've always looked at it. You know, my kids have never been the kids that, you know, just kind of skate through school. They're just not. You know, my oldest won't talk up, but, you know, he'll get way, way behind. But he won't say anything. Right. The other two, they don't give a shit. If you're not listening to them, if you're not hearing them, they're not going to hear you. They demand to be heard. And when they're not, they don't participate. Well, damn. Right? Like, I'm proud of him for Absolutely. that. Absolutely. I can just see him because, I mean. I'm proud of him for that. And that's what I told the teacher. So we got this big, long thing about my youngest. And it was like, you know, I don't think he has, you know, good coping skills. And we might need to look at putting him in therapy and da-da-da-da-da. And, you know, for, for my middle child, yes, that was very appropriate. Right. She needed help with coping skills. And. And in the environment that she was in, she needed help with that. My youngest? No. You're just not talking to him. That's the problem. So basically, (laughs) I said to the teacher, I'm like, you know, he's a very reasonable and intelligent, both emotionally and vocally. You know, he's got a really good vocabulary. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, that you should be able to sit down and talk to him about what's happening. And I said, if you do that, I'm sure you would get a little bit of insight and things would probably go better. And that was my response. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to tell my kid that they, you know, what, what, what is that teaching him? Right. It's teaching him to just shut up and work. Right. And that is the exact problem most of us have. Right. It's, it's exactly, exactly, you know, shut up, don't be seen, don't yeah. get angry, don't yeah. make waves, don't, you know. Yeah. Fit in, do yeah. the work. Don't make it harder for us to teach you. Yeah. Don't make it harder for us to teach her, to parent you, to, you know, to yeah. just live in the same house as you. 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. I remember a particularly abusive situation uh, at my father's house yeah. where we were having, and I was I was younger then, but we were having a real hard time. My, I, I was having a real hard time. My father was very angry. I was yelling back. I got hit a few times. You know, it's, it's you know, I talk about my father and it was not all roses and, and yeah, you know, buttercups yeah. either, but... And we got a phone call, and I happened to be, the phone was on the wall, and I happened to be underneath the phone. And so I picked up the phone, after because I'd been thrown there, you know. Yeah. So I picked up the phone, and it was the next door neighbor asking us to keep it down. <laughs> Not, are you okay? Just don't make it as loud. And I don't know what I said. I don't remember what I said. But I remember feeling so abandoned in that moment yeah because another adult knocked on the door basically and said be quiet yeah yeah be quiet or beating your kid up yeah yeah Yeah. you know and it was just such a you know and and i think that so so when we talk about this i think again it's very important it is okay for you to be angry it is okay for you to express your anger anger is appropriate yeah and if you're using it Yes. If you're not using it, then it may not be ready. It may not be time to work on your anger. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Or you may need support with doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I hope you enjoyed the show today. Remember, you can always reach out to us through our Facebook page at Stumbling Through Enlightenment. Follow us on Twitter at Stumbling T H R O U 2. Go to our website to check out more episodes and information about us personally. That is stumblingthroughenlightenment.squarespace.com. You can also reach out to us directly at stumblingthroughenlightenment at gmail.com. That's it for today. Have a great week.